Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Hostile forces keep raising their ugly heads over the course of our lifetimes. There's no end to it, it seems. This uh, notion of peace on earth and goodwill among men, it seems, well, a notion. It doesn't seem to be much of a reality at all. There seems to be those conflicts that reach our Perspectives in the news, they reach our, our shows, they reach our news broadcasts. And it seems like there's more and more that get a chance to have their time in the limelight. But then if you start to dig deeper too, there's any hosts of conflicts that don't reach our public news waves. Sometimes you have to go to international news sources, BBC or Deutsche Welle or some other African news source to find out all the different conflicts that are going on. We hear about the ones that, that affect our consciousness up front, but then there's smaller conflicts in places all around the world. Every day or every morning, I guess, or pretty close to every day, the president gets a a bulletin, a news briefing, a summary intelligence report that details all of these things going on. And it seems like there's never an end to them. There's, there's always another one cropping up. And then, and then we have our, our own local events. We were driving to yesterday to the uh, prayer service at Rollo. And uh, right there at the turn on the corner to go onto the freeway, right there in, in uh, Miriam's shop, there were three or four police vehicles, and there was a man being carted away in handcuffs right next to the Sasquatches. They're all for sale out there. DUI could have killed somebody. This middle of the morning, DUI. Had to think about that for a little while. Here he was being arrested at 10.30 in the morning, DUI. There's no end to it. There's no end to the prospects and the possibilities of, of one person being set against another. And we have to have ways of of keeping people apart, otherwise they'll tear each other apart or break things down. 
in the work of Jesus, he would like to bypass all of that and go right to the heart of what puts us at each other's throats. What puts us at each other's throats, we can, we can label it any number of things. There might be, there might be greed involved. There, there might be jealousy involved. There might be a sense of offense, slightest offenses, or even greater offenses that, that keep us apart. There might be our own fears of our own status in life and our own station amongst the opinions of other people. Any number of things can prop its way up. Original sin has many faces. At root of it all, we are broken from our God, and because we are broken from our God, we are broken from one another. And these divisions just keep getting deeper and deeper and wider and wider. Jesus would cut through all of that and reach right into the very heart of what makes people antagonistic and hostile one to another and certainly antagonistic and hostile to God. And part of the grace of this is that he's not waiting around to try to do it. Right? There's any number of, of Christians out there Churches out there who will make the claim that first you get cleaned up and then you can come to God. You fix yourself and then once you're right, then you can come and be part of God's work. And Paul makes it very plain that had God dealt with us that way, he never would have come and talked with Cain or Adam and Eve after the fall. He never would have come and intervened with Abraham here in chapter 17 of Genesis. He's just broken faith with God by sleeping with Hagar. But now God is going to come back to him and say, let's try again. Let's remember what I told you before. And now let's make sure that we include in your vision of this entire project, Sarah, the, the woman you are covenanted with, remember? I'll change both of your names so that we can start over. He comes to a sinner, a broken sinner, and says, I don't forget who I am. I'm the promise maker. And I will promise you again. And I will even include everything that needs to be included so that you know for sure, for sure, without any doubt at all, that I am working this to its conclusion. God is the one who comes to sinners. And announces to them the gift of righteousness. Now it, it's, it's a very human operation to be self-concerned. It's 
part of our own brokenness, turned in on ourselves. It would be a surprise to give your life for someone who you knew to be someone who would never care anything about you or even honor the gift of your life. Those of you who have put your lives on the line for greater causes, certainly at least for the sake of what the liberties of our country propose for the human family together, know that it's something to be honored, something to make sure you're doing this for the right reason. Don't raise your right hand for nothing. But God takes an entirely different approach. He spreads out his arms for sinners. He gives his life for those, for all of us, covered in the curse of death. It's easy for us to imagine good and bad people. God has it easier. We're all sinners. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about good, bad, a little bit more, a little bit less, bottom of the totem pole, middle of the totem pole, top of the totem pole. For the Lord? For the Lord, we're all in the same boat. And it's sinking. My feet are wet. How about yours? And instead of handing us a bucket to, uh, to start bailing, our Lord Jesus calms the storm. Our Lord Jesus reaches into the world with this word of grace that covers it in his blood. Having been justified by his blood, we are saved by him from the wrath of God. One price for all. Treating us all the same is very economical when it comes to the work of the cross. Not bothering with the niceties of the accounting of good and bad and weighing it all out because guess what? We're all in an eternal, infinite deficit. Christ came for sinners. In fact, even in his ministry, the, the only ones who really poo-pooed the work of Jesus, the ones who, who threw rocks at him about what he was doing while he was doing it, verbal rocks at the time, were those who didn't see themselves as sinners at all. They figured they had their lives pretty well all figured out. They were on the top of the spiritual food chain and they figured that they were entitled to God's love because of all that they had accomplished in their lives. All that they were doing for the Lord. They were the ones keeping track. They were the ones counting it all up. Jesus told a story about these folks. Uh, two men went into the temple to pray. One of them stood in front of the altar and said, I thank you, God, that 
I thank you, God, that you've not made me like this other guy. That you've made me who I am. That you've made me a person who is generous and kind, that fasts regularly and, and gives from what they have. Not like this tax collector over here. And the tax collector, that poor man, stood in the back pew, didn't even look up to God, but beat on his own breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And only he was the one who was both self-aware and aware of who his God really was. You see, in this case, it's good to be honest. It's good to know exactly who and what we are. Sinners in the hands of a loving, merciful God. A God who calls into the nothing and says, let there be light. There is light. Who calls into the chaos and says, let there be order. And there is order calls out over the darkness of death and says, let there be life. And there is life. A God like that sends his son into the world surrounded by sinners for the sake of sinners so that he might be the righteousness of God for them. A gift. A gift without limit. A gift that knows only the justice of God's word and promise. To be reconciled to God. To have his death directly fastened on. To become one with it. To die with Christ. To have his death be the death that we need because of those sins. So that the life that he lives might be our life as well. You see that Peter, uh, Paul doesn't end with the cross. <clears throat> now that we are reconciled to God. Now that we have been acclaimed holy by his word. Now that we are washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> dressed in his white garment. How much more then can his life then attach to us that we might be saved through it? But the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God to move and through and in and by and around us so that all that we are is his. Having been purchased with a precious price, <coughs> The Lord does not just set us on his shelf as a, an ornament to be, uh, to be uh, enjoyed or to be, to be held, but to be active in his work, to be redeployed back into a world of sinners as his ambassadors of righteousness. In this case, God already loves us. 
In the human realm, it takes two to tangle, and it takes two to be reconciled. If one is unwilling to forgive, as one is unwilling to be reconciled, then we're kind of stuck hanging. We can forgive and, and hope that that all dissipates and goes away, but sometimes that doesn't happen. But from God's perspective, our turned backs are the very backs that he taps on his shoulder with his nail-scarred hands, turns us round so that we can look on his face. And then, as Paul experienced himself, to repent. <laughs> to be one hostile to Jesus, but then to see him face to face and be turned by that very experience. To see and know and trust and believe and appreciate that God has made himself our Savior in a cross. That it meant for the Christ to die and to rise. And to not stand aside from that, but to give his life as a ransom for many, for sinners. So that we are now justified by his blood and saved in and through his life. Romans chapter 5 gives us this heart of good news so that we know that none of us and none of our peoples outside and around us are ever discounted from the promise that God has provided. We all qualify. Sinners qualified for grace in need of his forgiveness and always, always, our own ears open to hear that blessed word. With that word on our lips and in our hearts to comfort ourselves, we have this opportunity to comfort one another and to comfort others as well. We have an opportunity coming up these next weeks, these next days. Easter is coming. Holy Week is on the way. To walk with Jesus through the cross and to see the extent of the Lord's love for us in these events of our Lord Jesus' life. And then to cherish that our God lives and that he calls us into the abundant life that he has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.